Insights, solutions, and networking all come together at RSA Conference. Join a global cybersecurity community at rsaconference.com forward slash ITSP MAG24. Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine Podcast Radio. You're about to listen to an episode of Tech Done Different Podcast with Ted Harrington. Do you follow the pack or challenge the status quo? Join Ted as he explores how to succeed by going against conventional wisdom. You'll hear leaders in technology and security tell stories about how they achieve their success by doing things differently. Knowledge is power. Now, more than ever. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Tech Done Different. I am your host, Ted Harrington, along with my fellow co-host, Ben Schmerler, and our special guest... Hey, Ted. Hi, Ben. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I should have given you an opportunity to say hello. Hello, Ben. <laughs> it's good to see you. Good to see you, Ted. Yes, uh, we're, it's good to be seen. So, And with us today is a special guest, uh, an equally fun person, our friend Nick Hughes, the CEO of EITR Technologies. Nick, we're excited to have you on the show. Yeah, I'm excited to be on the show. Thanks for having me. So let's, let's jump right into it. We wanted to talk about this idea that you embody so well, which is authenticity. You're pretty active on social media. The kind of things that you're posting are so truly your personality you know coming through you had that you had a funny picture yesterday that was like captioned this and it was like this weird arrangement of you and a few people and it was it made me laugh i didn't caption it but it made me laugh <laughs> so but let's talk about authenticity because you're genuinely an authentic person why do we think this matters what you know whether we're talking about in the context of tech leaders or talking in the context of social media why does authenticity matter yeah i think there's a couple of different questions packed into there, right? So from the perspective of of why does it matter in social media, you know, I, I feel like it it cuts through the noise. There, there's a lot of people out there that are posting similar things, right? Like you have a lot of those quote unquote thought leaders that are posting pictures of their Twitter, you know, statement saying, you know, some thought provoking piece or something like that. And it's just agree question mark. And you have thousands and thousands of comments and you know, it's just, it feels like the same thing over and over again. So, you know, I, I want to cut through the noise mainly because it's, I feel it's it's the right thing to do, right? Like it, it puts us out there as a brand. It puts me out there as a person and you can actually see who we are, you know, and, you know, from a more selfish perspective, right? Like the social media aspect of it is that like, hopefully that's entertaining to folks and, you know, they allow us to continue to put that type of content in front of them. You know, I think that's, that's the main thing on the, the social media side, right? As a thought leader in particular type of thing, like I, I don't really like that, that term. Uh, people like to, to use it quite a lot. And I think there truly are, you know, thought leaders out there. It just seems that it's, it's used in such a ubiquitous manner that, it doesn't mean anything anymore, right? <laughs> you know, you have people putting it in their social media taglines and things like that. Like, I'm a thought leader. I'm a visionary. Like, all right, well, you know, it's it's one thing for you to call yourself that, but it's another thing for other people to call you that. 
I think that's the more important thing. And, and you were explaining to me, you find this a little frustrating, right? I mean, you're a very authentic person. And so if you go on LinkedIn, I mean, these kinds of posts are u- ubiquitous. I mean, just look for anything in the news and and you see it all the time. How What is it like to, in, in your LinkedIn feed, how do you cope with that? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, it is frustrating for sure. You know, we're we're a small company and I think we bring a lot of value and really the the differentiator for us right now is is ability to execute at massive scale, right? Like we aren't the type of company that's going to come in there and you know put a hundred people on a on a project or something like that. You know that's why you have the the really big IT service providers. But when it comes to niche expertise, subject matter expertise in cloud cybersecurity automation, us putting a person on a project is no different than your you know big four, or your other companies that that provide that type of service you know one for one i'd say we're the same or better and so like getting the message out there is important to us and you know the way that we do business is different you know it's just authenticity is a big part uh of our message because i think it sets us apart as a company and you know it's it sets me apart as as a business leader it's interesting this discussion we're having about authenticity and definitely what you were talking about before about you know people calling themselves thought leaders or visionaries. I'm like, I don't think you can call yourself that. It's like, I don't know, people who like watch reality TV and there's there's always like in those reality TV shows, there's always someone who's like, I'm classy. And that's always the least classy person. It's like, exactly. if you're calling yourself that thing, you're probably not that thing. So if you're saying you're a vision, like Elon Musk, who is legitimately a visionary is not out there calling himself a visionary. Right. Right. And then there's people you've never heard of who, who are. So I guess what I'm getting at with that particular rant that I just went on that had no bearing on anything is- Those are my favorite types of rants. Yeah, yeah. That, we just follow those bunny trails wherever <laughs> they go. But as we think about it, one of the things that's really great about a show like this is that I get to selfishly ask questions related to struggles that we're going through at our company or I'm going through personally. So like one of the things that we're dealing with right now, we started this software company recently focused on vendorous management and we're kind of like finding the brand voice that company right now. And I think authenticity is core to the problem and I'm looking for your advice on how maybe we would think about this. So like one of the things that I see is we are finding that voice and we're communicating about what it is that the problems this solves and for whom. So I find that it's so like, because we're still figuring it out, it's so sterile. The voice is so sterile, right? It's so safe. And I'm trying to push to say like, let's let's be less safe. Let's like talk more like a human talks. Let's Let's be like let's not be improper but like let's let's use human phrases let's not use perfectly crafted english and how do you think i don't actually know um, that's why i'm asking this question i don't know what the connection is between that like being human and being authentic why or, or maybe maybe this is even wrong maybe i should think about this differently but what do you think about that like is that a right way for brands to think about their voice and if that's a right way to think about it like should brands speak like humans speak how do we do that yeah, so I think it's a different conversation with different sizes of, of entities, right? It's a much different conversation when you're talking about like a Coca-Cola or you know a KPMG or Optive or something like that, right? But at, at a at a small to medium scale, I think that a lot of times what you'll find is that you have a vocal leader that you can piggyback off of and. So that's kind of what we're doing where, 
you know, I'm out there, I'm, you know, saying goofy stuff all the time, you know, but I'm, I'm adding value and that's just my personality, right? Like I want to be helpful. And my marketing folks actually call me relentlessly helpful if you want to put a caveat on it. But, you know, I, I want to be helpful and I, I want to make sure that people are in the right solutions and have the right information and things like that. But like, I want to have fun doing it. That's what life's all about, right? You know, we're not here to to just sterilely sell things. You know, if, if you're waiting until retirement to have fun, you're doing it wrong. And so, you know, I think that to go back to the point, if you have a, a vocal leader within your organization that you can piggyback off of, the, the company sort of takes on that voice. So I think that's kind of what happened with, with EITR. The great thing about us is I actually have two business partners and they're two of my best friends in the world and we all act alike. So it really is our collective personality shining through, uh, even though a lot of the times it, it does look like mine. So I would, I would say, you know, you're out there, Ted, you're active, you know, you got a great personality. People like to talk to you. You know, you're good looking, you, you wear awesome sweatshirts and stuff like that. And uh, <laughs> so like if you piggybacked off of that, I think that that, that would probably provide a lot of value. But I, I think that to sort of cap it off, you mentioned that it, it comes across as sterile, you know, you, you're, you're playing it safe. I think that you really need to, to surround yourselves with creative folks who, who are willing to take chances because, uh, I mean, we're shown so much copy and advertising and everything throughout the day that it all s just blends in together. And if you're playing it safe, you're being ignored. Do you think it's possible that with all of this sort of safe buzzwordy stuff that happens on social media and this sort of commoditization of, uh, of, of words and language and things, do you think it kind of gets away from the reasons people want to do business with us in the first place? And the value we provide to them when we try to act, you know, smarter than we have to be by putting some word out there that we saw maybe 50 other times on other posts. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that sometimes your, your brand can work against you if you don't do it right. You know, if, if you're using these, I feel like I'm on a marketing podcast right now, but, <laughs> you know, I, I feel like if, if you're using those buzzwords, either as an individual or as a company, and you're you're tying into to what's popular and you're saying it in a in a similar way as everyone else then you can do yourself a disservice you know you can you can blend into the point that nobody's going to going to recognize you you can say something that's so cringeworthy that it's just you know going to garner eye rolls instead of you know thought provoking I'm like oh yeah that, that that's that's a great point you know maybe I'll I'll reach out to them for whatever it is that they're talking about i think that can absolutely happen you know the things that you put in front of your potential customers either as awareness type things or you know call to action sales type material it is you you know the, that that's the only part that they get to see they don't get to sit in your meetings they don't get to see how how you are on a day-to-day -day basis, you know. So the only the only ways that they get to see those things are if you show them. And so you can do that through copy, you know, on social media. You can do that through video content. You can do it through awesome podcasts like this. Uh, you can do it through an awesome book, you know, all the things that <laughs> Ted does. So, you know, I I think that's kind of my my general opinion on it. 
We have so many good sound bites from this episode of uh, Nick <laughs> of talking how about awesome how great we are. This, yeah. is, <laughs> this is great. We should keep this going. <laughs> Click that sound bite and I can send it to other people to get onto their podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Here's my pitch. I'll just say you're great. <laughs> it's funny because in a way, what I'm hearing you describe is this idea of like authenticity. You didn't, you didn't say the word brave, but I feel like that's kind of what you've essentially done. And I feel like anyone who's authentic is doing is they're being like, I'm just going to be me in a way that literally people can like or not like, or, you know, hide behind a computer screen and say bad things. So in a way that is brave for you to get out and be like, I'm this fun, goofy guy, like who runs a business and you should do business with me. How did you get to that? Yeah, I mean, like, so social media is a lot like high school, right? You know, like, you, you can either decide that you're going to try and, and blend in and not ruffle feathers and, you know, be a conformist, or you can go out there and you can wear the, the black eyeliner and the studded belts and stuff, and you can be you. So, you know, I think that being your authentic self is is important, no matter what the venue is. Yeah, that's interesting because the black eyeliner is going to be our our new uh, sort of uniform here at the company. I just thought we'd give that announcement right now. And I think you would look spectacular oh, with it. No, no doubt. No doubt. Yes, it would match perfectly. He already has studded belts ready to go. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I mean, uh, though, you know, you really use this stuff effectively. I, I, I wrote in my notes with you something called uh, silliness to strategy. So like you're, it's not like you're just using LinkedIn to goof off all the time and just make all these silly posts. There's a, there's a method behind it. And you're trying to go from this guy who's fun that maybe you want to have a beer with that you can see, oh, this is just like one of my, my buddies that I, I work with, I can relate to, I grew up with or whatever, but you have to pivot that to like actually providing value and showing that you can solve a problem. So like, how do you, how do you look for that pivot point, either on social media or just with general engagement with your clients? That's an excellent question because it's it's tough, right? You know, like that's, you don't want to come across as the the class clown that just sort of goofs off and doesn't know anything, right? So I, I think the biggest thing is is trying to put valuable content out, right? Things that that people might be asking or like weird niche problems that you know we found out and only through like digging and we were all over stack overflow and there there's no solutions anywhere and we found out the answer you know you can find that type of stuff on our blog you know one of the, i think it was the actual first blog post that we had you know inside of a year of opening up it was this piece on uh how to run a certain version of Elasticsearch, multiple instances of the software on a single node. And Elastic had taken away the ability to it in a previous version. And so, you know, I was trying to figure out how I could do this for one of my customers. And if you ever want somebody who abused the heck out of software in order to make it conform to his wishes, I'm your man. And I, I found a, a really interesting workaround in order to do that. And, you know, shortly afterwards, I started getting emails saying like, thank you. I was, you know, beating my head against the wall trying to make this work, you know, and that, that's the stuff that I love. You know, I, I love to, to be helpful and, and make sure that, that people know that we, we solve hard problems. We solve things that you can't just look up on, on the Google machine, you know? So I think just trying to at every occasion, raise a flag and say like, hey, you know, here, here's something of technical value to, to the community. 
I love that. Yeah, coming from the viewpoint of actually being able to help somebody, right? Then everything else will fall into place if that's the attitude that you're going for. So how do we best know what it is that is helpful for people? Is it uh, some aspect of active listening, intuition? Like, how do you know what's most helpful for the people that you're trying to help? Uh, a lot of the the things that we find are, you know, customers that have interesting implementations, you know, maybe they're in like disconnected enclave, enclave networks or something like that and don't have access to the internet. And, you know, that makes things hard in general sometimes. Maybe these same customers have other needs that, that are non-standard. You know, I think that because of our positioning, we often find some of those folks who have like really difficult problems. And so those are great things that we can sort of, you know, put that out there into the community afterwards uh, upon solving it. Because, you know, we don't, we don't want to hold any of those things as like, this is our bag of tricks. You, you don't get to have access to this. Which brings me to my next thing is like involvement in open source communities, right? You know, that's one way that we really keep a finger on the pulse of what's going on, you know, just by virtue of, of like lurking in these open source communities and contributing to them. You, you find a lot of like really interesting use cases that people are talking about inside of the Slack workspaces or, you know, inside of GitHub issues or something like that. And like helping people walk through those things and, and sort of figure that stuff out. You know, that, that brings a lot of awareness as to what's going on, how people are using software, you know, what types of architectures are, are sort of coming down the pipe. And along with all the other things that we do, it really helps us stay well-tuned into uh, what's going on in the information security, information technology, cloud world. Well, one other thing I wanted to talk about, and it goes along with authenticity, meaning your clients' goals and everything, and actually becoming a better technologist is confidence. So I think it, it takes a lot to put yourself out there and do you know, a goofy picture or create your own wording or really put things out there and say, and, and say I'm my own person, I'm going to solve your challenges in this way. How do you deal with like the idea of just getting over the apprehension that I think a lot of people in the technology industry face, which is no one wants to hear what I want to say, or nobody thinks my jokes are funny, or I'm not, they have the imposter syndrome, I'm not smart enough or something like that. I mean, you, you find a way to forge your own path. How do you, how did you do that? I don't know. It's probably a combination of a lot of things. So like the, nobody thinks my jokes are funny. I've been with my wife for 22 years now. And she thinks zero of my jokes are funny. <laughs> and so it's just through persistence, that, like just keep throwing them out there and just bothering the heck out of her that, you know, I've worked through that one. My girlfriend would totally disagree with that. She loves every one of my jokes. So. <laughs> you heard it here. It's on the record. But, you know, I, I don't know. I mean... I think some of it comes with age and experience, right? You know, some folks, it, it takes a little bit longer than others to, to get to that space. And some may never get there. They're, they're always sort of apprehensive, to use your word, about what people think of them. I think my turning point was really in high school. You know, like when I was coming up through elementary school, middle school, I didn't really have a lot of friends. You know, I was just sort of introvert, you know, didn't really know how to engage with folks. And, you know, I, I tried in middle school and into ninth grade, you know, trying to, to get out there and, and get more friends in a way. And I tried to do it in all the wrong ways, right? Like being the class clown and things like that. And 
you know, nobody really respects you or wants to be your friend at that point, right? Like they just want to be entertained by you. I think after that point, I was just like, you know what, this isn't worth it. And, you know, I kind of like forced myself to, to stop caring so much which sort of triggered the the next chapter of my life. And that was like, everybody liked me and wanted to be around me because I had stopped caring. <laughs> and I, I don't know why that is. It's, it's a weird, you know, teenager type thing probably. But like, as soon as I sort of had that apathy of like, you know, take it or leave it, you know, this is who I am. This is who I'm going to be. And uh, you can like me or not. The confidence is an attractive trait though. Mm. And I think that's it. I mean, you discovered your confidence and then people found that attractive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, right, right up until the point that, you know, it starts to affect your wardrobe. Cause like my wife doesn't <laughs> like this watermelon shirt. I go around in camo Crocs and she hates that too. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think there's like a happy middle ground probably to be found. That's cool. There's, I have so many questions within the question about camo Crocs. I mean, you're really leaning into it. You're like, here's this thing that's ridiculous, but now I'm going to make them more ridiculous. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> well, I, I find you entertaining and I want to be your friend. So I think, I think middle school, you was onto something. Thanks, Ted. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, as our time is coming to a close here, is there anything that you want to leave our audience with? I don't know. I mean, the, the stage guru wisdom, you know, uh, I guess soundbite would be, you know, always be your authentic self, you know, be brave, put yourself out there and, and good things will happen. The not so sage wisdom would probably be like, <laughs> look, you know, if Crocs are comfy, just, just wear them. You know? <laughs> We're going to go with the Croc wisdom, I think. So, there you yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> Why not both? Yeah, well, Nick, thanks for, thanks for spending some time. You're awesome. Uh, we really appreciate your time today. Yeah. Thanks again for having me. So Ben, authenticity, what, what do we think? What was your takeaway from what we just chatted with Nick about? Uh, I've known Nick for a little bit. You've known him longer than, than me. It's, I think it's just super important. I, I, we're all, I mean, especially if you're in the business world, you're on LinkedIn and I find it necessary, but also at times a little soul crushing because, because <laughs> you're on it and there are definitely good connections to be made, valuable information to find people to, to connect with, whatever. But then you search through all these posts where people are really trying very hard to put some kind of image out there and they're forcing it. It's not really good for anybody. Maybe it makes people feel like they produce something, but but they don't, didn't really. One of the things that's so great about somebody like Nick is what you see is what you get. And you know that when you're dealing with somebody like that, when somebody is willing to put themselves out there, be confident that you know you're going to get at least a straight answer on things. That can't be said for a lot of people. We've all probably dealt with these situations where they've gotten some kind of business engagement with someone and they realize shortly thereafter that they're dealing with someone that's maybe a little out of their depth that maybe wasn't at what they what they put themselves out there as. Yeah, that's a cool observation. I did not know what we were going to be talking about with Nick. Uh, I, I mean, literally, like, as you know, you did the pre-call with him. So we planned, you guys planned out the episode. I showed up, was like, so what are we going to talk about? And then all of a sudden, here we are. Yeah, and, and I didn't know what the pre-call was going to be. So we'll a little little inside baseball here. Like when I connected to the call with Nick, there was like these hearts that were like yeah. dripping down <laughs> his face, kind of like these virtual hearts. And there was a big law, like fake virtual log on his head and stuff like that. <laughs> and, you know, you never quite know what you're connecting to when you're doing a pre-call. But like, I was like, well, we have to talk about this. We have to talk about this part of your personality. Nobody else who gets on calls with me does this stuff, except maybe my niece. 
but she's not a guest for the show yet. She's only two and a half years old. That is some behind the scenes. I didn't even know that story. So yeah. <laughs> maybe this post-call segment is now the behind the scenes, the making of. Yeah, it's the like making the, of. On HBO, there's like the inside the episode. <laughs> yeah, no, Nick is uh, Nick's such an interesting, and I think authenticity was the right vibe for that episode because he is just like, he just gets up and is true to himself and everything. And I love what you just said about how like <laughs> people get up and they're trying to like paint an image of themselves that is curated in a, in a certain way and yeah it's kind of it's painful right when you're like okay we get it you're, but like if you're trying to help people maybe help them differently well you never really know what you're getting out of someone who's tr always trying to put something up on themselves you don't know if they're really putting their full selves out there to you you know sometimes it's refreshing i find when people are able to say you know maybe that's not my line of expertise or this isn't something that i'm good at or yeah, I understand what you're trying to do, but I, I'm not the best person to solve this problem or I need to ask the right questions. A lot of people are afraid to do that stuff. A lot of people are afraid to not be the problem solver for everybody or or to say something that, or they would rather say something wrong than say something that makes them look, you know, maybe not their authentic selves. Yeah. You know, it's interesting as we're talking about this, because like one of the ways that I talk about the profession of ethical hacking, the profession of security consulting is that you know, people in our line of work, we're going to tell you how it is, even if you don't like it. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> that is, that's a form of authenticity for sure. And I, I wonder, I don't know if this to be true or not, but I hope it's true. But I, I wonder if people who communicate or experience or consume our content, if they think that like, oh, this is ISE does in fact, or like Ted or Ben or whoever, they're like, they're actually calling it how they see it. And that's what it's like working with them. So I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe authenticity is the right word for us too. I try. I mean, when I know when I'm putting out content, when you're putting stuff out there, it's it's what we believe. There's no different. It's not like we disconnect and there's some different conversation happening. It's what what we say now. Whether our audience perceives it that way is a totally different story, and and you know maybe they do or maybe they don't. I know how I feel, which is that I want to feel proud of the work and the stuff I put out there. And I can only feel that way if it was something that I created with my own insight and my own ideas and and my own words. And so that's a great part about working here. So, yeah. Well, you do that. I mean, yeah, you got this talk coming up that you're correlating <laughs> what it was like working at Hollywood Video when you were in high school and what the lessons learned there to cybersecurity. I was like, I read that thing. I was like, dude, this is this is incredible. This yeah. is if how how could anyone say that I'm not authentic if I'm willing to share my experience wearing a fake bow tie and cummerbund for minimum wage at a defunct video store? Ben, I don't know what this says about you or about me. It says something. But when you describe yourself that way, wearing a fake bow tie, I I had no problem visualizing it. I was like, oh. <laughs> Maybe I've already seen you wear a fake bow tie. I was so vivid. <laughs> Maybe that's the note we should end this episode on. Is it's, uh, the, me the memories are flooding back. <laughs> yeah. oh. Well, I wish I'd rented a movie from you wearing a fake bow tie and cummerbund. Mm, so. It would have been an experience. Yeah. All right, Ben. Uh, this has been a really cool episode. And as always, I enjoy doing this with you. What do you think was the big thing we want our audience to take away from what we just learned from Nick? I, I would say the big thing that they should take away is just to put yourself out there for, for what you are. Never try to focus on being something that you're not. Listen to people. Listen to the thing, the feedback that they're giving you. 
and then try and make sure that you're actually meeting their needs and not just throwing words around to make yourself seem smart. People appreciate a lot more and they're going to want to engage with you better, both personally and professionally. I love it. I have literally nothing to add to that. That was beautiful. So for everyone listening, if you want to learn more about the show, our guests, or come up here yourself, just go to tedharrington.com backslash podcast and we'll catch you next time. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Tech Done Different Podcast with Ted Harrington. If you learned something new and this conversation made you think, then share ITSPmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Insights, solutions, and networking all come together at RSA Conference. Join a global cybersecurity community at rsaconference.com forward slash ITSP mag 24.